the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you foster. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated which is a member of FINRA and Civic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, last week, I wondered what happened to September and October, but here we are in November. You can feel the chill in the air and the dampness when the sun is in China. But, yeah, we've had some light frost this week, uh, and the weather forecast shows sunshine and good weather for most of next week. Can this be Indian summer? That spell of nice weather after the first hard frost? I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll see. But we have to make the most of it because Mother Nature is giving us a few more weeks of time to enjoy the outside. That's before the cold and the damp comes back again. One more week to get the outside chores done. One more week to finish those find the, find the warm coats and gloves. Yesterday, I did root around, and I found my gloves and my hat and my winter coat. And maybe today, I'll rake up some leaves for a couple hours just just to get some exercise. The wind brought a lot of leaves down, so I have to get to them before the rain gets them or the the snow, maybe, (laughs) makes that job impossible. But my ten oaks are being their usual stubborn self. The pinos give up some of their leaves in the autumn, but they hold on to a lot of their leaves. That's where they can sprinkle them down on the lawn, even in the late fall and winter. No matter how often I, I rake up the leaves, my pin oaks will keep, keep me busy by sprinkling more leaves until the spring. And lest we forget, Friday this week is Veterans Day, a day to remember our soldiers and sailors, Marines and airmen, who have served in the armed forces to protect our country. They served and they fought to protect us and our country, and some never returned. Friday, there'll be ceremonies in the towns and the villages around Northeast Ohio. So let's see if we can find the time to attend and remember their, their, their sacrifices. Remember, America is the land of the free and the home of the brave, and the freedom isn't free. So. And this weekend, 
after getting some uh, leaf raking in, maybe we should turn our attention to our inside jobs and make sure that you remember to turn your clocks back tonight. And the old saying is, uh, uh, what is the old saying? Spring forward and fall back. So we're in the fall, we're falling back. And it's the end of uh, daylight, daylight saving time. So if you want to make sure that Sunday morning when you arrive at church, there's somebody there besides yourself, well, I take care of your uh, setting your clocks back. Okay, this fall, this week, uh, global equities were mixed. In the United States, three major stock indices were volatile, but down for the week. While in the UK, the FTSE 100 was up for the week, even as the Bank of England raised the interest rates by three-quarters of a percent. While in the European Union, both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both up for the week. And in Asia, it was a mixed Well, Asia, Japan's Nikkei was up for the week, just apparently. Uh, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both up for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices, U.S. stock indices, closed down for the week. At the Dow Jones closed at 32,403.22. And that was down 1.4% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 3,770.55. And that was down 3.35% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 10,475.26. And that was down 5.65%. For the week. So the Federal Reserve was in the driver's seat this week regarding and driving both U.S. stocks and bonds. Uh, their Federal Open Market Committee meeting occurred on Tuesday and Wednesday. And after the conclusion of their meeting on Wednesday, the Federal Reserve announced the results. And immediately after the results of the meeting were announced, the stock industry started moving down. And the Treasury yields began moving up, and the bond prices moving down. As expected, uh, Wednesday's Federal Open Market Committee meeting yielded a hike of three-quarters of a percent in the federal funds rate, uh, but added language to the accompanying statement that gave far more leeway to hike in smaller increments from now forward. The critical passage is as follows. Ongoing, this is from their uh, release after the meeting, ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. In determining the pace of future increases in the target range, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation and economic and financial development. Well, they, they, they introduced that part because they were being criticized uh, because they hadn't in, included the effect of this uh, lagging. They were constantly increasing rates, but in terms of monetary <clears throat> policy and decisions, it takes a long time for the results to show up after they make their changes. Uh, <clears throat> that was interpreted to mean the Federal Reserve accepts the need to check out what effect the moves are already having before hiking further. It seemed to be a signal that the, the future rate increases would be smaller, but that doesn't mean a pivot because uh, Chairman Powell said, quote, we still have some ways to go, and incoming data since our last meeting suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. There's the thing that <clears throat> the ominous sign that the, uh, the, the final rate number, the final interest rate number is going up. Explaining further, he said that the question 
when to moderate the pace of increases was much less important than how high they needed to be by the time we finished. So, yes, it was quite possible that the Fed would slow down, but really mattered with the peak rate. And on this, the Fed was growing more hawkish. So bond traders now see the effective funds rate hitting a peak of just below or just above uh, 5.2% in May and uh, not far from that uh, by the end of the year 2023. Yet the uh, outlook ahead is far from clear with uh, Chairman Powell pressing Wednesday that the risks of the Federal Reserve reversing course too soon were likely greater than it possibly, possibly over-tightening at the cost of economic growth. If you recall, we talked before about what happened in the 70s, and apparently, approximately in 1972, uh, Arthur Burns was the uh, head of the Federal Reserve at that time, and he ran into inflation, and, and um, he raised the rates, and uh, a recession occurred, and then he blinked. And he lowered the rate to cure that recession, but he cured the res- that little recession. But uh, inflation was let loose at that time, and basically it got up to 14 or 15 percent inflation by the end of uh, well, by the, by the end of the 70s, 1970s. And Paul Volcker cured inflation at that time by raising the overnight rates to. Uh, the federal funds rates to 20%, and that resulted in a, a um, recession that uh, where the unemployment got up to 12%. So um, I think uh, Chairman Powell is indicating that uh, he's not going to uh, blink uh, like they did in the uh, 70s. But that episode is known as... Uh, uh, Burns's blunder. So I don't think uh, Powell wants any blunders named after him. In case the message didn't get through, <clears throat> Powell added that he didn't have any sense they were over tightening or moving too fast. That's quote unquote. And it was very difficult to make a case that the current rate was too tight. And it's very premature to think about or talk about uh, pausing our rate hikes. Uh, That was a cue for stocks to sell off into the close. Uh, In summary, uh, Federal Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell opened a new phase in his campaign to regain control of uh, inflation, saying that U.S. interest rates would go higher than earlier projected, uh, but the path might involve uh, smaller hikes. Addressing the... Addressing reporters Wednesday after the Fed raised rates by three-quarters of a percent for the fourth time in a row, Paul said, incoming data since our last meeting suggests that ultimate levels of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. Paul said that it would be appropriate to slow down the pace of the increases as soon as the next meeting or the one after. No decision has been made, he said are stressing that we still have some way to go before rates are tight enough. Quote, it is very premature to be thinking about pausing. And the Fed's unanimous decision lifted the target for the benchmark federal funds rate uh, to a range of three uh, three and three quarters to four percent. And that was its highest level since 2008. Yeah. No fresh estimates, no fresh dot plots were released at this meeting, and they won't be updated again until officials gather for the next meeting. That'll be December 13th and 14th. When they have, uh, after, before that, they'll get two more months of data on employment and consumer inflation. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg late last month were looking for a 50 basis point increase in December, uh, but almost a third had penciled in a fifth, 75% uh, hike. They saw rates peaking at 5% next year. Investors saw the same thing with pricing 
in financial futures markets leaning towards a 50% or a half a percent uh, uh, December hike and rates pushing a bit above 5% by mid-2023. The Fed's most powerful tightening campaign since the 1980s is beginning to cool some parts of the economy, particularly housing. But policy owners have yet to see any meaningful progress on inflation. Nor has there been any significant loosening in the job market with unemployment in October matching uh, that uh, almost matching the, the half a century low. It came in at 3.7%. Employers' demand for workers also remained strong with 1.9 job vacancies for every unemployed person in America. And the labor department, the labor market remains extremely tight, Powell said, adding that it, quote, continues to be out of balance with demand substantially exceeding the supply of available workers. If you read the actual, the actual minute, not the minute, but his, uh, the, the uh, results of his presentation after the meeting, it boils down to this regarding labor. Despite the slowdown in growth, the labor market remains extremely tight with the unemployment rate at a 50-year low. Job vacancies are still very high and wage growth elevated. Job gains have been robust with employment rising by an average of 289,000 jobs per month over August and September. Although job vacancies have moved below their highs, uh, and the pace of job gains has slowed from earlier in the year. The labor market continues to be out of balance with demand substantially exceeding the supply of available workers. The labor force participation rate has little changed since the beginning of the year. Inflation, again, goes on to talk about inflation remains well above our longer-term goal of 2%. Over the 12 months ending in September, the total personal consumption expenditure prices rose 6.2%, excluding the food and energy core personal consumption expenditures rose 1.5%. And the recent inflation data has come again, come higher than expected. So uh, price pressures remain evident across a broad range of goods and services. And... Uh, it really gives you a, a picture and a flavor of the Federal Reserve is now getting extremely serious about uh, these uh, hikes in the interest rates. So the labor market in particular came under concern for the Federal Reserve and its war against inflation. You know, part of the economy is slowing due to the high interest rates. Uh, that's the... Uh, the uh, home building and the home sales. Also, other parts of the economy are slowing because the big corporations are are uh, putting their projects on the back burner because of uh, the concerns about uh, whether there's going to be a recession or not. So this week, the U.S. Department of Labor reported in their job openings and labor turnover uh, survey, that's the jolts, that quote, the, the number of job openings rose to a seasonally adjusted 10.7 million in September from 10.3 million in August. And uh, that's well below the peak of 11.9 million, but the high number of openings is a sign that employers have a lot of positions to fill and are still struggling to find available workers, putting pressure on wages. Yesterday, the U.S. Department of Labor reported the October payroll numbers. Uh, U.S. employers added 261,000 jobs in October, a sign of continued re- resilience in the labor market and the jobless rate of 3.7%. So here's the quick kicker. Average er- hourly earnings, according to the latest report, rose four-tenths of a percent in October from the previous month up from three-tenths of a percent in September. They were up 4.7% from the previous year, a slower pace of growth than in September. 
basically, if you take a look and say, okay, what is the Federal Reserve trying to do? It's trying to get that personal consumption, that core personal consumption expenditure down to 2%. Well, people say if they get it down to 3%, they'll, they'll have achieved their goal. But if you take a look at what has happened over that core personal consumption expenditure, if you notice in January of 2021, it was 1.5%. In April, it's the first got a 5%. In January of this year, it was 5.2, 5.0, 5.9, 4.9. It's been in the 5% range. And that is basically, in order to get that number down, you're going to have to get these annual wage growth numbers down to 3.5%. Right now, they're, they're up to 4. Point, they were at 5% over the last 12 months. But the, you're going to, I think the Federal Reserve is going to raise these interest rates until those uh, uh, raises get down to about 3.5% in order to get that uh, personal uh, consumption expenditure numbers down. So uh, the labor market's strong, and uh, uh, I think what's going to happen is that the, the Federal Reserve is going to increase these rates until it's not strong anymore. Uh Federal, federal officials have been raising rates aggressively to slow the economy and bring inflation down and from what was a 40-year high. Uh, they have to cool the labor market and ease wage increases, and that could take some pressure off the consumer prices. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a tough sledding from here on. Uh, this is, uh, did we have a call? Okay. Uh, hello, Jason. This is Jim McAleese. How are you? I'm, oh, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing good, Jim. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on something here. Um, you know, I don't, I don't dispute that the Fed needs to continue to raise the interest rates um, to, try to, to try to kill the inflation. But I guess my concern at this point is, we're we're talking about getting the getting the raises that are people are making to go down. I, I think you, I think you have a supply demand problem with labor that I don't know if the Fed is going to be able to fix with these these incremental uh, rate increases uh, unless they really got drastic uh, with it and got something up to you know maybe nine or ten percent. And the reason is you have a shortage in people that actually want to work. I mean the labor force participation rate. Is an is a is an embarrassment to this country. We're 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 barely above pandemic levels, and we're below the 2008 Great Financial Recession numbers or 2009 numbers of people actually mm-hmm. working. And and so my question yeah. is, if you're if you're going to continue to have a shortage there, the Fed can't print people, um, and and you have a debt that's continuing to balloon. So these people need these benefits that they're getting from our government more than they ever have before. They're incentivized not to work. At what point does this system break? I mean, I saw our debt to GDP now is 124%. I mean, we're, we're just a, thro- a stone's throw away from what Greece's levels were, I think, in the 180. Yeah. I mean, this, okay. this country, yeah. Jim, the country's falling apart. Well, Jason, let me, let me say something here. Uh, Basically, uh, what we're looking at here is that the Federal Reserve is on a, on a crusade, and they're going to increase these interest rates, and that's one. That's the tool that they have. Uh, they've got two tools. One, they're going to increase the interest rates until they get inflation under control, and in conjunction with that, they're going to start uh, selling the bonds that they've got in their bond portfolio. Okay. Uh, what is going to happen? I don't know, but I know, just like what you're saying, is these rates could go as high as 6%. I don't see, I don't see this uh, 20% number like uh, we had at the end of the 70s. But the interest rates 
and we're going to see next year could go as high as six percent. That's and that's just that's just me listening to what other economists are saying. So uh, all the rest of the stuff about whether uh, people aren't working or not, the the some of you know, because the older people, they knew that they were vulnerable to the COVID. There was no vaccine at the time. They basically retired, and now they can't get back. They can't get back into the labor market. the The other part is that people have savings, and they're sitting at home, and they're they're taking it easy. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take to get this thing squared away. You know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know either. So yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. All too. I can, all I can, all I can tell you is these rates are going up. The, no, the, I agree. I agree. Okay, all right. You have a good, you have a good day, Jason. Thanks oh, for calling. Are right, you too, Jim? All right, this is Jim Mackley. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one. 888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you know, when we take a look at what's happening in the economy, uh, what we're seeing is that the economy is slowing down. If you watch the Federal Reserve, they're basically on a crusade uh, about uh, raising interest rates. They've got the two tools. Uh, one is raise the interest rates, slow the economy down, slow the demand down until uh, it gets better balance between supply and demand. Uh, where that's going, uh, you know, the bugaboo is the labor market. Uh, if you're going to try to get uh, uh, inflation down to, uh, let's say, 3%, they say 2%, but uh, inflation at 3% per year is, is a long-term average, and I think it's only been really 2% inflation since the, the crisis in 2008. So, if you get it down to 3%, well, it's pretty difficult to get inflation down to 3% when you got wages going up at 4.7% per year or 5% per year. So, <clears throat> they've got to get these, uh, they got to, they're going to increase the way, increase the interest rate, and they're going to slow the economy down so that that uh, demand for labor uh, decreases. And uh, uh, right now, you're seeing it in the uh, home construction industry. You know where the uh, interest rates went from three percent to seven percent. Uh, you're seeing it in home sales. Uh, you're seeing in other sectors, you're seeing concerns about uh, a recession. 
you know, because this uh, increase in the interest rate, people are saying, well, uh, it could go up to, like right now we're talking 5.2%. Uh, by then, we might be talking 6%. We might be talking more. Uh, it depends upon uh, how inflation comes down. So with those kind of numbers, you, know, you have to you have to be realistic about a possible recession. The question is that how uh, how severe will it be? Uh, the the uh, most people, most economists that I see, uh, feel that it'll be if it is a recession, it'll be a, a, a slight recession, not a hard one. But who knows? What you're going to see is that the economy is slowing down. Your big companies are are saying, well, uh, there could be a recession, so maybe we better not go, maybe we better not extend ourselves too much. So uh, the big capital improvement projects and things of this nature are being uh, put on the back burner until they figure out what, what the, what the, uh, the real economy is going to look like a year or two years from now. So the economy is slowing down, but the uh, the wage increases are there, and the wage increases are there because of the inflation. I mean, uh, if you're getting a 5% raise per year and your inflation is 8%, then you're, losing, you're still losing uh, real wages in terms of the difference. So... Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle, and let, let's take a look at other parts of the economy. If we take a look at the service sector uh, part of the economy, we see that the growth in the service sector continues to slow down. Uh, that's according to the Institute of Supply Management. You know, in the U.S., uh, <clears throat> service sector growth slowed for the second straight month in October. As basically new orders fell amid uncertainty over future economic growth, and firms struggled with uh, tight labor markets and supply uh, delays. The service sector had a pullback in growth for the second consecutive month due to a decrease in business activity, new orders, and employment. We'll talk about that later in the show. We'll also talk about uh, what's happening in. Uh, Manufacturing in terms of uh, uh, manufacturing orders and, and shipments and things of this nature. So uh, basically, you know, when we had the COVID, the government spent something like six trillion dollars uh, to the, the uh, to get us out of the COVID situation. In other words, when COVID hit, nobody knew what was going on. Uh, nobody had an idea. The last time we saw an ep- epidemic like that was in uh, 1916 or 17 with the Spanish flu. And uh, the way to get out of those things is to uh, uh, give the people uh, pour money into the economy. And they did that. And uh, uh, they did a little too much. In other words, basically you had the federal government Throwing six trillion dollars in the economy that started in the CARES Act in in March of 2020, and there were several. Uh, there were basically three major uh, bills that were passed that poured that money into the economy, and then you also had the Federal Reserve cut the interest rates and go on a on a bond buying uh, of 200 billion dollars per month. That contributed another $2 trillion to the uh, stimulus for the economy. So they had to make a decision. Do we do too much or too little? And you do, in a situation like that, you really don't know what is too much or too little. So they, they threw too much stimulus into the economy, and now we've got 8% inflation. And now we're trying to <clears throat> get ourselves out of this 8% inflation by slowing down slowing down the economy. So uh, that's basically what we're seeing in the big picture. And on the, in, the, in the micro picture, uh, we have our own finances to, cons- to be concerned with. We have the family living uh, standard to be concerned with. 
We have our retirement. We have a children's education. Uh, we have all sorts of things that we have to pay attention to. And we have to live within the, the bounds of what goes on in the, in the big economy. And the way we, we do our own little, our, our uh, call it microeconomy, is basically to say, what are my goals? Uh, when are my what are my goals in terms of uh, uh, the standard of living for the family, the house, the cars, uh, the savings account, uh, the retirement funds, uh, the schooling for the children, uh, other things that any, anybody can imagine. Uh, you can put these plans down on a piece of paper, and, and you've got some sort of a reasonable expectation but you're going to need a bundle of money sometime in the future. And uh, you have to come up with a scheme of uh, a plan, <laughs> plan of allocating your assets that come in the door, your paycheck, allocating that uh, into different investments, some short-term, some long-term, uh, some super safe, some speculative, in order to be able to get the amount of money necessary in the future to meet those goals. So, and you have to basically uh, uh, look at the risks, look at the rewards, make your decision, uh, stay on top of the plan. It, uh, it's not difficult to put the plan together. The, the, the important thing is to stay on top of it for the next 20, 30, 40 years and to make sure that uh, things are happening. The savings are happening the way that you thought about it and planned about it two years ago. The investments are producing uh, uh, what you thought they were producing. Uh, what should we do there? Uh, you go through up, up. You go through cases where life is good and cases where life is bad, and uh, uh, that's part of your financial plan. And that's basically uh, you do that, and you keep your eye on the big picture, on the big financial plan. But in reality, our our financial plan, yours and mine, is basically the big financial plan as far as I'm concerned. We have to watch what this elephant, you know, we're kind of like the mouse in the elephant cage. <clears throat> we're not going to control this elephant, but we just have to be careful of where he's at and make sure we don't get stepped on in the in the in the episode here. So, uh, to me, you got to pay attention to that financial plan, put it in writing, put it down, pay attention to it, and stick with it for years and years. If you make those corrections, it also gives you a sense of security because it's a roadmap to your future that you can change, and you can use it to make decisions. You know, if you want a vacation home, uh, uh, do you how badly do you want it? What do you want to really? What are you willing to give up to get it? Some part of your plan, children's children's education, maybe I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't advise. I would certainly wouldn't advise that. But uh, these are the, the decisions you have to make. So this is Jim McAlee. You're listening to Get This Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight eight eight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Maybe the songs for the lonely one Maybe something that I know yeah. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAuley. You can give us a call over a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Good morning, you know, Jim. 
Yes, Colleen. Hey, Samantha gave us a call, and she has a great question. Um, she understands that her son, who is her beneficiary, must empty her IRA account in 10 years after she passes. Um, does the same rule apply to a Roth IRA? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. The 10... Let me, let me go over this 10-year payout period. That changed uh, recently. I forget the name of the, uh, uh, the bill that was passed there. But the 10-year payout requires retirement funds and retirement IRA accounts. Uh, these beneficiaries have to empty their account by the end of the 10th year after the employee or the, the, uh, the IRA owner's death. and. Uh, it apply the rule applies to uh, defined contribution plans for like 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, uh, traditional law, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. Uh, it doesn't apply to uh, pensions to, to defined benefit plans. The effective date for this rule is uh, generally for debts after. December uh, 31st, 2019. So I gave you the answer, uh, yes, for the Roth, but uh, it really depends upon two. uh, Another thing is how old is your son? In other words, if your son is the age of majority, yes, then the 10-year rule applies to everything. if he's, if he's uh, a minor child, uh, then we do have required minimum distributions up to the age of maturity. And then when they hit the age of maturity, then they go into the, the uh, 10 years. So for minor children, disabled individuals, uh, uh, chronically ill individuals, things of this nature, they're special uh, special uh, required minimum distribution rules uh, and it's, it's, it's special stretch rules. And uh, uh, but once you re- once you reach the age of uh, maturity, then the ten year uh, becomes uh, the, the rule. And also with regard to that ten years, uh, if the original person who has died and, and passed on the beneficiary IRA to you, if they had started required minimum distributions, then you have to continue your required minimum distributions during that uh, 10-year period. So there's a different, uh, different to use a different schedule than the, uh, the your benefactor uh, but you do have to take the required minimum distribution. And in addition to that, you've got to get that account cleared out in that 10-year period. So uh, good question, Samantha. Uh, I hope your boy is <laughs> I hope your boy is over the age of uh, maturity. So that would, that would simplify it. Okay. Uh, there's also another question that came up last week. And that was uh, with regard to the health savings account. And uh, if you've got a, if you've got one of these high deductible health insurance plans, along with that, uh, Sarah brought that question up. And along with that comes this uh, health savings account, where you, in the case of the, if you have that type of health insurance, which because of the cost of health insurance, in other words, the cost of a usual customary uh, health insurance plan for a family runs around $23,000 a year, and for a single, it runs around $11,000 a year. So, and it's the employer, uh, most employers pick up a portion of that, and uh, but uh, those are pretty stiff numbers. In order to get out of that category, there's a lot of companies that make a uh, a high deductible health plan available, and a high deductible health plan available, uh, the, the high deductible health plans are cheaper, and 
along with that, you could take, you could get a health savings account, uh, and the health savings account allows you to put around uh, uh, seventy. Uh, I think it's this year. I think it's seventy three hundred dollars a year into your health savings account if you got a family plan, and thirty six hundred and fifty dollars if you got an individual plan. So, and if you're over fifty five, you can throw in an extra thousand. So you can put that money away. It's just kind of like an IRA, and it's tax deductible. And uh, you got the money in there that grows tax free, and you use the money in your health savings plan to pay for the uh, medical bills. And they could include uh, eye care and dentistry and all those sorts of things. Uh, but because of that, you got these huge deductibles that uh, need that health savings plan. Well, the question came up. <clears throat> Who can contribute to the health savings plan? And the, the Sarah asked the question, well, uh, what happens if uh, you go on uh, Medicare? And in the case of if you go on Medicare, uh, what happens then is you can no longer contribute to the health savings plan. You can, can you can, your health savings plan continues and and you can take money out of it to pay for your medical expenses, but you cannot contribute any more money into your health savings plan after you've uh, joined Medicare. And uh, a lot of companies that have less than 20 employees, uh, those workers automatically have to go on Medicare. So they automatically uh, stop and uh, go on Medicare at age 65, and they all they stopped uh, uh, the ability to uh, add money to their health savings plan. So one of the things you have to be careful of when you're retiring is to really take a look at your uh, health insurance. Go down and talk to your uh, HR department. Hopefully you still have one. Uh, go talk to them about what the rules and the regulations are. In other words, there's there's nothing worse than suddenly finding out that you're you're violating one of the rules of the uh, health insurance because uh, there have been instances where, hey, um, you know, you were supposed to be on Medicare, and but you weren't on Medicare, and then you've got these uh, medical bills and the insurance will pay the medical bills uh, because you were supposed to be on Medicare, and Medicare was supposed to pay them. So they'll only pay uh, what Medicare would not have paid if you had been on Medicare. So you're stuck with the bills. So you, you have to be able to sit down and talk with your company and say, for my particular company, what are the, my requirements with regard to Medicare? Uh, do I apply? Do I apply for A? If you apply for A or B or D, you're, you're, uh, you cannot contribute to a health savings account. And uh, do I apply for uh, A? Or uh, do I apply for A and B? Uh, the, the A is, is, quote, free. If you, free if you don't consider you've been paying into Medicare since the 60s. Uh, the B cost, uh, I think it's 170 something a month. So, to me, some people go in for the Medicare A, and then uh, their other health insurance covers the B. So, you have to know, you have to talk to your employer about what the real requirements for your particular case are. So, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I lay my head on the railroad tracks and wait for the double E. The railroad don't run no more. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Oh, 
time to get rich slow. This is Jim Magalese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. is one 888 Well, we talked before earlier in the show about <clears throat> the labor uh, market is uh, tight. It's strong. It's probably the strongest part of the economy. You know, the, the Federal Reserve is trying to weaken the economy and slow it down. And uh, the whole uh, employment situation report came out uh, yesterday. Yesterday, the Department of Labor released their employment situation report for October. And uh, the report shows the U.S. employers added uh, slightly fewer jobs in October than September. And the unemployment rate rose a little bit. So uh, the uh, non-farm payroll increased 261,000 in October. And that followed the uh, uh, the month before in September. It had increased 315,000. So it's moving in the right direction as far as the Federal Reserve is concerned. And uh, the labor force participation that's one of the things that Jason brought up. It still remains at 62.2%. And uh, the payroll increase of 261000 exceeded the expected uh, uh, growth of uh, 210000 And the uh, unexpected strength in hiring underscored the strength of the economy and the labor market. Uh, this is a real... Uh, uh, contrast to the stories of uh, of layoffs and uh, slower growth. You know, we hear this stuff about the, the tech companies are laying people off, and I guess Twitter's uh, going to lay people off. But you got uh, you got 160 million workers here. So when you talk about uh, a company laying off some people, it's infinitesimal compared to the general working population. So, uh, in addition, the total non-farm payroll employed in for August that was increased uh, uh, to two, or decreased to 292,000 from 315,000. And uh, for September, uh, they increased it from 263,000 to 315,000. So, uh, if you take a look at the, uh, give you some context as to where the 260 uh, fits in. August, uh, they added 292,000. Uh, September, they added 213,000. October, they added 261,000. Uh, the gain in the payroll was broad based. The healthcare uh, professionals, and also uh, professional and technical services and manufacturing saw uh, big increases in the uh, uh, amount of people. And uh, what you have is that uh, employers are increasingly holding on to the workers they have. Uh, the uh, applications for unemployment claims, unemployment benefits, uh, there's 217,000 with a weekend in uh, the 29th of October, and there's still on the continuing unemployment rules from month to month. There's uh, 1,485,000 uh, workers. They don't stay on there that long. They stay on there for a certain amount of time. Most of those people will find work. Uh, the average hourly pay of private sector the workers climbed 4.7% over the last 12 months compared to a year earlier. And it shows that uh, employers uh, increased wages in October. Wages went up 12% uh, uh, to a increase to an hourly wage of $32.58 per hour. So if you take a look at the big picture, the private sector of the economy has approximately uh, added 261,000 to a workforce of 130.9 million. So there's a lot of workers, and basically what you're seeing there 
Manufacturing added uh, something like 30,000 workers. Construction added 1,000. Give you an idea how construction is slowing down. Uh, four months ago, they added 32,000. Then the next month, they added 16,000 and 19,000. Uh, and then uh, 1,900. And then this month, they added 1,000. So, um, this is uh, Jim McAleese. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <clears throat> oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light? Welcome back to Get Rich Glow. This coming Friday is Veterans Day. And we need to take some time to reflect on the sacrifices that our soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen who have served or are now serving our country have made for us. Be sure to say a prayer for them and their families on Veterans Day, but we don't have to restrict our prayers and thanks to only one day. Our hearts and prayers go out to them every day. Our thoughts are drawn to the sacrifices of our young men and women overseas, well, we all remember the days when we wore the uniform. We also remember and hold dear the memories of our fathers and uncles who also served. Last year, one of our uh, listeners sent an article that clipped out that spoke to the veterans. The title was, In Honor of the Veterans. For those who have served in the armed forces of the United States, we are eternally grateful for the, for the lost sons and daughters of war we can only swear on our sacred honor that we will never forget their courageous sacrifice and pray that theirs will be the last. The war is not intrinsically a noble or honorable endeavor. It is those who rise to the challenge and engage in it for the greater good that make it so. They are all of us and we are all of them. When one of them dies or is missing our resolve, by the lost people to the degree that the lost soldier is honored and remembered by we who remain alive and free. Thus, it's our patriotic duty to honor those who have lost in the service of our country and never allow them to be forgotten. So this week, take time, take a minute to reflect on the sacrifices that others have made for us. And uh, until we meet again next week for more Get Rich Flow, may God protect you and keep you safe. What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the pale. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.